Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today's show is brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps businesses grow online. So if your business is feeling stuck, that revenue line's not moving, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us and book a free consultation. They'll be able to help you out. Cool. Today, I'm sitting with Sam Ford Collins. She is the CMO at the Bang Corporation, which is a cannabis and CBD company. She has an extensive history in the beverage, actually the wine industry before moving over to the cannabis industry. Really, really interesting conversation about sticking to your brand principles. And when a whole pendulum swings and goes one way, that you fight that urge and really stick to the principles of what makes your brand. Then later on, we actually talk about how to leverage creator marketing and enable creatives to take your brand into some new directions that you maybe didn't think were possible because those creators are so in touch with your audience. So interesting conversation. Stick around and hear what she has to say. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting with Sam Ford Collins. Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. So Sam is the CMO at Bang Corporation. Uh, you've won a bunch of awards in brand marketing uh, that I will let you get into if you'd like, but you were responsible for the 19 Crimes Talking Labels uh, campaign that won a Super Reggie and revolutionized the way we tell stories, specifically with wine. I, I, I want to dive into that for sure. Um, but yeah, tell us more about your story, really. You know, bring us back to how did you find your way into marketing? Um, your your journey through you know the beverage world and now making it into the consumer packaged goods space specifically with regards to CBD. Great, um, sure. So I grew up in Northern California, and um, Northern California is kind of famous for two things. One is wine, right, and the other is um, cannabis. So I grew up with both of those as sort of a part of my culture and my life. And, um, and they were both things that I enjoyed and have a lot of passion for. So as I went into college, I saw that there was a program at Sonoma State University for wine business economics. And that was something that fascinated me. So I ended up studying that and moving from there to work uh, with fine and rare wines in the auction house setting. So I loved that. It was really interesting. I got to taste some of the best wines in the world, without a doubt. But fine and rare, when it comes to wine, is, is like a percentage of a percentage of the greater um, industry. And I knew that I wanted to do more than that. So I had the good fortune of being offered a job with a company that was then called Shefflin Somerset. It's now called Moet Hennessy. So a lot of people are familiar with Moet and Chandon and Hennessy Cognac, but they have a beautiful portfolio of wines and spirits. And they asked me to come in and do uh, sales. So, you know, I was relatively young and new, but I really learned what it's like to walk in to a, you know, super fancy restaurant and have to sell to a sommelier champagnes or cognac or whatever it is. And I feel as a marketer that that experience has shaped my marketing since is the idea of really being feet on the ground and understanding what it takes to sell something to someone. 
because I think that too many marketers get caught up in an ivory tower and don't recognize how tough it is to be a salesperson on the street. So from there, I you know did sales for quite a few years, but eventually moved over into what's called trade marketing, which is more of a sales focused marketing. And then from trade marketing, I moved into brand and uh, slowly moved up the, the brand marketing ladder until I was a vice president for Treasury Wine Estates, which is the largest wine only company in the world. And that was a super exciting role. I had a portfolio of brands that ranged from $800 a bottle down to you know, $4 a bottle. So that was, for me, a lot of fun because I got to deal with a totally different consumer every day. And um, I like that personally. So eventually I got a phone call from a recruiter about a role with Bang. And as much as I loved working at Treasury and I was happy there, I just was so enamored with what was happening with cannabis. And Frankly, there were only a few brands that I actually had any awareness of, and Bang was one of them. So I thought, what a phenomenal opportunity to be able to enter the space with a brand that actually has some recognition and awareness already and help them sort of make the transition from, you know, an OG in the space to a, a more legitimate player and lead them into their next decade of business. So that's, that's my story. Unreal. Um, I'm right there with you. I think uh, everyone should uh, try doing a sales call or selling something to one person because being able to tell a story to one person um, is a hard thing to do. Uh, And that that skill will enable you to be able to then tell the story uh, to to more people. Um, So one of the things... One of the things I found super interesting, I was listening to uh, an interview you did and you were talking about really the formation of the 19 crimes, the, the wine company. And that what was the foundation of that brand was, wasn't, it wasn't about, Hey, it's got these types of grapes or with this type of soil. It was the fact that people actually fell in love with the fact that Australia, you know, was this uh, penile exile Island where prisoners went. So it was really taking on, you know, a rebellious story that was true to the brand. I'm curious in the CBD space, in the cannabis space, how do you how do you go about positioning Bang and and helping the, these brands really stand out? Because we see that the amount of companies and products are really flooding the market. With hey, CBD is good for anxiety. I'm like, okay, cool. So I, I know you know cannabis is good for this, this, and this. But in terms of actually getting your brand to stick out. Um, I guess, what are some of the central stories uh, or key points that helps Bang stick out? Yeah, great question. Um, So I'm going to answer it generically first, and then I'll relate it back to Bang. But I think that as marketers, and especially in this very fast-moving digital world that we all live in now, um, there's a tendency for us all to want to jump into tactics, right? So We'll jump into, oh, we got to make a podcast because people are listening to podcasts. Or, oh, we should do sampling in the store because people want to do sampling. And while all of those may be brilliant tactics, if you don't understand your brand essence and your brand positioning, and most of all, your consumer, before you jump into those tactics, you might find yourself spending a lot of money without a very high return. So what I think I do well or something that I enjoy doing is when I 
start working with a brand is really get into what is the essence of this brand um, and how do we make sure that that essence comes across every single place that we show up. So whether it's Instagram or on the shelf. So that's the generic answer. <laughs> um, and then with Bang, when I came in to Bang, which was almost two years ago now, um, it was like a year and three quarters. They, you know, as I said, they've been around 10 years, which is a very long time in the cannabis world. And um, when they started, they were the first in the space to really apply traditional consumer packaged good discipline in the sense that they had a proper nutri nutritional fact panel and um, ingredients and testing and packaging and all these things. Because back in the day, if for any of the listeners that have been buying cannabis for a while, uh, you would walk in and people were literally selling Ziploc bags with brownies um, and, and consumers were buying those, which is kind of crazy to remember back to. But anyway, Bang came in and sort of changed the game by offering, you know, proper packaging and all these things. Now, what had happened since is that marketers had gotten better in the cannabis space and Bang sort of had stayed steady in doing what they were doing. So they had fallen behind a little bit. I, I shouldn't say fallen behind. They were, the sales were strong. It was just a little bit dusty. The branding was a little bit dusty. It wasn't quite as relevant to the newer consumers that were coming into the space. And um, so what we did is we took a look at who, was the, who were the people that were buying it currently, right? And what made them love Bang? How did they talk about the brand? And how did the bud tenders, who are basically the, the men and women in the dispensary that help consumers make decisions, how did they talk about the brand? So those were all really important things to me. And then the other thing that weighed heavily on me was as I walked into the dispensaries, everyone had moved very, very sharply over to this um, extremely clean, extremely medical uh, type of branding and um, communication. So you may, for any of you that go into dispensaries, recognize this because you'll go in and there will be brands that are named things like Calm, Focus, uh, creative. So they're all doing this very um, functional attribute marketing, if you will. And when I took that paired with what I was hearing from all these bud tenders, which was really about Bang was the OG brand. It was super cool, really fun, really um, tasted great. That came back over and over as how well it, the chocolate is actually made. I sort of said, you know what, we don't want to follow where everyone else is going. We want to really lean hard into what we stood for initially and make sure that we are reflecting that more effectively in our communications now. So instead of going in this very medical direction that everyone else was going, we said, you know what, let's make cannabis fun again. And let's lean into the fact that people think of us as a brand for getting high, not just for being sick. Now you can use it if you are sick and it's a great thing for people that are trying to um, experience pain relief, but it's also a super, super thing if you're going to go for a hike or if you're going to a concert with friends and we wanted to own that space and feel comfortable with it. So we, after doing a little bit more work than what I just explained, um, landed on a brand essence of make life tasty. And okay. um, what I like about that is we've been able to sort of take that and extend it across everything we do. So everything we do should be bright, fun, 
surprising, exciting. I like that. Uh, a couple of things I think you you touched on there that are really, really important. And one is not getting caught up in tactical minutiae. Like tactics without, you know, with the absence of strategy is going to lead you nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear you, all the marketers right now are like, we got to start a TikTok. And I'm like, but do you? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) right. Like let's actually think about what's at the core and what helps us tell our story. Um, and where our consumers want to hear that story. That's another part of it. Mm -hmm. One of the things I really like too, is you talked about staying true and not just swinging with the pendulum. Right. Uh, where, like you said, that's the, the space is going heavily into the, the medical, really the medical terminology and branding it as, you know, this tool in that space. And I think that's to appeal to the masses, right? And people who mm-hmm. maybe were adverse to it beforehand. Um, but if you've been around and you're the OG brand, right, having that loyal consumer base uh, of people who want to have fun and yeah. go to a concert and, you know, get a little high, go to a concert, listen to music. It's fantastic. Um, right. <laughs> so staying true to that, uh, I think is a, a great way to differentiate. I mean, you can even see it's as simple as every single brand is suddenly using serif fonts in the last two years. And it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, great. Like, <laughs> That's so funny. Right. But I don't think, uh, I don't think these brands that we've known forever, I don't think Porsche, I don't think BMW will be racing to to create new fonts or change their brand. So right. I think sticking to the, the core of what makes the brand great is really uh, a powerful tenant for sure. Well, thank you. Yeah, I agree. Now, talk to me a little bit about um, growing and managing several um, several, I guess, brands or, or products underneath Bang and how do you make sure that you have the principles of the company that really get down to the the individual marketers who are executing? How do you all take those core principles and re- articulate them down to the team and let them really um, show them, you know, show them through the product or through the marketing or through social media posts? Is there a, some sort of internal training? How does that look? Um, okay, so... At Bang, you know, we, when, gosh, a year ago, when the cannabis market was super, super hyped and the capital markets were super, super loose, um, we were working on building a a bigger house of brands with um, a ton of different innovations that were coming out. But as, you know, frankly, after the vaping crisis, which surprisingly, we don't really do any vape, but um, it impacted anyone in cannabis. Um, after that, the capital markets seized up a lot and we decided let's just double down on, on our most profitable and our biggest brand, which is Bang. So um, right now we're really just focused on that one brand. Um, now, that being said, when you talk about like if you've got multiple agencies and employees that are all executing and communicating on behalf of that one brand, how do you maintain consistency? It's a great question and it's a tough it's a tough one. I mean, I think the it comes down to number one, you have to, as a team, define that brand essence and build a style guide with um, a visual language guide and a, a, you know, a very strong voice so that everyone understands this is the way we communicate. Um, but, you know, I feel like 
that doesn't mean that just because we have the guide that it gets followed all the time. I mean, mistakes get made. We are always looking and correcting and trying to get better at it, but it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not easy all the time, especially given how many ways that brands communicate these days, you know, TikTok, Instagram, you know, on the shelf. And um, so it's, it's, it can be a challenge beyond that. Cannabis is a really unusual space in that in every single state, you have to have a separate producer, right? So I can't produce cannabis chocolate in California and ship it to Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. I would have to have a totally separate um, kitchen, packaging, all of that in Massachusetts because you can't ship across state lines. So when you do that, what we do often is we license our branding out to different producers in other states. And we're one of the most broadly distributed cannabis brands in, in the U.S. But when you do that, you end up finding, you know, you go to visit Nevada and you're like, whoa, you made bang, you know, God knows what. <laughs> I don't know. Right, something like, right. uh, you made bang, you know, pillows. Like, that's not on brand. We shouldn't have bang pillows. No, th of course, our Nevada licensee never did that. I'm just making an example. Um, so I feel it is it is a constant uh something we need to, to be very aware of. And I'm going to take this in a kind of strange direction for you. It's something that I'm also in my own like head revisiting a lot because with the, the evolution of this whole creative, like our creator marketing, are you following any of the people talking about that right now? Like with regards to so it's using sort of like influencers or... Yeah, but not just like, you know, it was the influencers used to be like, hey, I took a picture of myself on Instagram holding your product. That's one thing. But then the creator marketing is really where you're saying to someone, here's my product. You do whatever you want with it. And I'm not going to be this hyper brand uh, crazy, you know, you have to follow my style guide person, like liberating people to engage with your brand and, and be creative with it. So I am really... Uh, excited by and interested by this kind of very new movement that we're seeing that is, as I said, it's kind of an evolution from influencer marketing into this creator marketing. And we are working with a group in Southern California called the Soul Assassins. Have you heard of them? No, I have not. They're a brilliant, brilliant group of artists. And um, they're led by a guy named DJ Muggs. Out, um, he was from Cypress Hill, the rap group. Oh, awesome or is from, I shouldn't say was from, he is from. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Muggs is our chief strategist and a friend, and he runs an Instagram handle for us. So we have our regular bang.chocolate Instagram handle, but he's now running one called Bang SoCal that we've really said, hey, you know, what's the word? handcuffs off, go engage with the brand, work with all these cool artists that you know, these street artists, um, you know, sculptors, photographers, do whatever you want with the brand. I'm not going to come in and tell you, you can't do that with my logo or you can't whatever, because what I want is for you to engage your audience in a way that's compelling. And I have to say, it was very uncomfortable for me for <laughs> a good month because, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, that's my logo. You can't do that with my logo, you know, but 
I am slowly embracing this and seeing that it's really resonating in the cannabis community. And this particular group of artists, they understand cannabis culture so much better than I ever could. I mean, Cypress Hill, for the love of God, they're like the number one cannabis group that ever existed, right? Right. So um, it's been exciting. And and in fact, they one of the first things they did that, that made me so uncomfortable and yet so excited was they worked with... Uh, very, very famous tattoo artist named um, Mr. Cartoon. Have you ever heard of this guy? I have not. No, but tell me more. Okay. He's brilliant. His tattoos cost like $50,000 a pop, but he's a part of this collective. And so he did his own rendition of the Bang logo in his own script that he drew out. And it's really, really cool. But it made me very uncomfortable at first. So I had to sort of get past that and realize marketing constantly is evolving and the fact that we just got mr cartoon to do a you know one of our logos for us is absolutely epic so it's interesting i don't know if i just took you in a completely odd direction from what you asked me (laughs) (laughs) no no it works and it's one of those things where like uh you know we'll go in and and work with corporations and fortune 500s and they're like here's our brand guideline and i'll be like okay i always explain that I want to follow it 95% of the time, but we have to have a 5% window for like, if there's a trend on social or something that we are going to partake in, that we yeah. have some flexibility. Um, and then when you look at like the creator marketing, which, you know, the bit, the biggest example of that I can see was when Nike gave Casey Neistat, I think it was 10,000 bucks in like 2010. And he, yeah. he said, great, I'm not going to make the commercial they want. I'm taking it and I'm, I'm making this travel video called Make It Count. And he traveled around the world until the money went out. That video ended up being Nike's most seen ad on YouTube and had 30 million views. And Great you know, example. And, and I actually it, haven't seen that. I got to look that up. Sorry, oh, go ahead. I will send it to you. It is awesome. Um, and, y- you know, it really, this is, this came out in 2012, right? And it's like, okay, um, if you enable the creator, they can really take your brand to heights that you didn't even know. But mm-hmm. on that point, I think it's about selecting the right creator and and making sure that, um, you know, people really stick like, okay, yeah, you're getting people from Cypress Hill. That is so in line with the brand makes complete sense. Right. Right. Um, But if you making sure that there's that due diligence up front, then you can enable the creative on the back end. Um, I think it's a, and I think with the sheer volume of social media content and Mm -hmm. to make some noise, you have to, you know, give a little bit of freedom. That being said, I don't necessarily agree with letting people take the logo and make it whatever color they want and put it on pillows or, you know. Right. Uh, so it's that, that fine line um, and using judgment for sure, I think is definitely so important when it comes to brand marketing and, and then also brand control because I've seen people go wild with brands as well. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it, yeah, it's it's a... It's a balancing act, right? But um, it is exciting to see how many of the rules that we all, you know, grew up with and went to school and learned are kind of evolving or uh, maybe breaking and um, won't apply in this new world. So I, I think it's exciting to be at the forefront of it. And, you know, as a side note, when this all started, when we started working with these guys and gals, by the way, these brilliant artists. Uh, And I felt so uncomfortable. I kept 
thinking like, why do I feel so uncomfortable about this? And I realized that part of it was that I didn't want one of my marketing friends to look and go, what? Why do you have two? Lo- what are you doing? Like, because I was afraid they'd think I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, you know what? That's not a good reason to not be courageous. If these people do align and they're brilliant artists and they're doing something interesting, be courageous, lean in, you know, see where it goes. Um, but you know, I didn't, I don't know. I think I was uncomfortable for the wrong reasons, if that makes sense. No, it makes complete sense. I had the uh, ex global lead of TikTok on the show. And uh, he's now the CMO at Cameo. And he said, I was like, well, how do you know when you're the right, when you're going the right way? And he's like, well, when I start to feel uncomfortable because there's people who are doing things better than me, then it's, we're probably going the right direction. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, there's some people that come in, they're young and they're full of energy and they're really tapped into what the community wants. And he's like, and I'm 40 years old. I'm not, you know? Um, And I was like, that's just nail on the head, right? Is enabling the people who are really tapped into the community, into the into your target customers, um, to to really communicate with them and take the brand and those principles and the essence. But then, okay, here's how we're going to communicate those points now in 2020, 2021, etc. Right. So I'm right there with you. Um, cool, Sam. Uh, before I let you go, tell people where they can find out more uh, about Bang and where they can connect with you online. Oh, great. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Samantha Ford Collins on LinkedIn. But uh, for Bang, you can go to bangnation.com. Bang is spelled B-H-A-N-G. So bangnation.com. Or you can find us on Instagram at bang.chocolate. And let's see, do we have any other... Ones you might, well, we have a site where you can buy the CBD products. It's a Shopify site, and that's called bangcbd.com. Beautiful. And everyone, I will put those links on the show notes page. So just scroll down to the bottom of wherever you are listening to this podcast. Hit that link, and you'll be able to go get all the uh, Bang products you need. Sam, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was my pleasure. And um, yeah, it was a fun conversation. Thanks so much. All right, everyone, that's it for this episode. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. As always, please hit like, share, subscribe, and I'll see you next time. Um.